This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome into the Autzen Audibles podcast. Matt Prame, Eric Scopel, Jared Mack on the show. Welcome to another edition of the preview series as we're running through the position groups. Uh, we have wrapped up the offensive line, so if you've missed or the offensive side of the football, so if you've missed any of those, uh, you can go to the show page, go to the iTunes, go to DuckTerritory.com, uh, and you can find past episodes there. Also, remember, fifty percent off right now. Uh, it's running. It's a good promo. It's a good opportunity to get in on the site, get all of the season, all of the football recruiting season for twenty twenty two or for the twenty twenty three cycle. Uh, you get all of basketball, basketball recruiting, and all of baseball, all our coverage for all of that with this description for 50, 50% off. So go save yourself some money, support our work. This helps allow us to do these podcasts so regularly and a lot of our free content that I know a lot of you guys uh, read, listen, watch. Defensive line. Um, I don't know how I feel about this group. I, part I, It's it's not in a negative way. Um, part of me thinks, yeah, they lost Kayvon Thibodeau. Uh, they lost some other guys along the defensive line to transfer, but this group should still be one of the better units uh, in in the Pac-12. And then part of me also says, like, yeah, Kayvon Thibodeau's departure is going to be massive, but they've got options, three or four guys, to kind of make up his production, and this unit could potentially be even better next, this season than it was last year. I, I, I'm not sure yet if I'm just too, too high on this, this unit or – if they're just going to be kind of what we expect every year, one of the better ones in the conference. I think the, I think the depth's better. I think I'm feeling obviously like the guys that are back are better. And besides Kayvon, I mean, you, you mentioned it, Matt, they're obviously Christian Williams left. That's a guy who played quite a bit a year ago, but most of the other guys are back. I mean, Brandon Doros was first team on conference last year. I think he's going to be one of the best, conf- you know, he might be the best defensive lineman in the conference. So he'll have an argument for that. He was, I think he's the only returning first team all defensive lineman from a year ago. Um, and he was on the preseason list. And by the way, we should know when we were at Saturday Night Live on Saturday, obviously, um, he was walking around totally fine, looked good. Same thing with Keon War Hudson. Uh, we didn't see Popo there, but those two guys were players who were you know, wearing boots or had their shoulders and slings for all of all of spring, basically, or, or the high majority. I think Popo took his boot off the last like couple of days, but that group was kind of like in and out of the lineup. You weren't sure where they were, and it, I feel like you have to be kind of optimistic based upon just seeing them moving around. Looked like they were were pretty healthy. So it's just kind of a little digression there. But now I think the depth is is really impressive, and there is no cave on Thibodeau. DJ Johnson is going to do his best Kayvon Thibodeau impression. Braden Swinson will help. Mace Funa will help. Um, Brandon Buckner was another name that DJ mentioned as a guy on the edge who can be really a valuable um, asset there as somebody who I think he said somebody that maybe some will surprise people. Um, but there's a lot of guys here. And we also have to note that from a formation perspective, there's going to be an extra down lineman on the field, I think. Um, you know, this is this is basically a four defense, four four down lineman defense, a four three, as opposed to a three four. 
There will be instances, I'm sure, where they'll switch it up and there'll be three down linemen. And and we should also note, like, there's a – we were talking right before we recorded the show, of like, what is DJ Johnson? Because is he an outside linebacker? Is he an edge player? Is he a defensive end? Does it matter what we call him? I think what DJ has said and what other players have said is that that position is basically going to rotate between hand in the dirt, defensive end, standing – um, outside linebacker kind of a position to kind of keep the the offense guessing to a certain extent. So this is going to be a pretty multiple group, but ultimately I think you're going to see more big bodies on the field in this group than the previous years. I think that's a good thing because Oregon now has all these guys back from last year. Brandon Dorless is back. Kimware Hudson and Popo Amalai are back. Those are three pretty highly regarded players. And then they went and added through the transfer portal some really pretty, you know, pretty valuable assets and Taki Taimani, um, by the way, going by Taki, not Sam now on the roster. So uh-huh. it's a name change, which I like. It's kind of like when uh, D'Amador changed to DD for his senior year. <laughs> Taki going with the nickname. Uh, Casey Rogers and Jordan Riley. or Jordan Riley. It's not Jordan. I was told it's just pronounced Jordan, which is confusing. Jordan. It's spelled the same as Jordan, which was Jordan Scott. But um, And I've been, I've been told that those Nebraska guys are probably being a little bit overlooked in terms of how capable they are of potentially contributing. So um, – I think you've got, and there's a couple other names I'm, I'm not mentioning right now that I'll let Jared follow up with if I'm forgetting anyone that's super important in terms of the more interior alignment. But I think you've got legitimately like six or seven guys that can play one of those defensive tackle positions that are like quality pieces. And I, I, I don't know, I'm pretty optimistic with the depth there and kind of what they can do. They don't, as we've addressed, obviously have a Kayvon Thibodeau on the roster, but I think they'll have, I think they'll be creative enough and I think they'll have enough capable bodies to continue to get after the passer. And by the way, last year, I, I think that Oregon wasn't one of the best units in the conference at getting after the quarterback, even with Kayvon out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you look at what Landing's defenses did at Georgia, they did pretty good at getting there. They did do pretty good at getting there, uh, which is how I was going to start this whole thing off was creativity. Um, Dan Landing and Tosh Lupoy are one of the best at simulated pressures. So figuring out how to get to the passer without actually using all four defensive linemen. Um, I think Oregon will primarily run a 4-2-5, a two linebackers and five defensive backs. Um, yep. That's just kind of how they were lining up during spring camp. Um, they'll have two actual defensive linemen down, probably who, you know whoever starts between Popo and Brandon and Taki and Keonware Hudson, whoever is there. Um, and then two edge rushers. And I think one of them is going to be DJ Johnson and the other one will be subject for subject to interpretation of what type of down it is. Do they need a pass rusher? Because then it's probably Braden Swinson. Uh, do they need a run stopper? Because then it's probably Mace Funa. Do they need someone who's just going to play off the edge and drop into coverage as they rush Noah Sewell or Justin Flo as a linebacker? Um, you know, that's the creativity this defense is going to have. But it all takes place up front. And with Brandon Dorless and Taki Taimani and Popo Amavai, uh, Keon Ware Hudson – uh, some of the incoming freshmen and Sir Mel's and Ben Roberts. Um, you have, you know, Keanu Williams too, Masella Fossey, uh, like Eric mentioned, Jordan Riley and Casey Rogers as the two transfers of, along with Taki Taimani. That's a lot of depth. That's a lot of guys who could actually see the field and actually could make a contribution to the team. Um, at positions, you know, no cave on Thibodeau is really hard. But yes. again, it comes back to creativity with the defensive line and how they're going to get pressure on the quarterback. Because um, it wasn't it wasn't that creative with with Tim DeRuiter last year. Um, I don't think there were a lot of other looks 
I think that's why, you know, much much to the chagrin of Oregon fans, I think that's why the slant passes always worked. They kind of knew what was going to happen if it were third down and long and how they were going to rush the quarterback. Um, so that's hopefully going to change for this year's defense. But DJ Johnson and Braden Swinson, Mace Funa, um, you know, DJ mentioned Brandon Buckner. He's been a name for two straight years now that just keeps popping up even though he was the lowest rated player in the class of 2021 that everybody was like, why do you take this dude? He's a six, two pass rusher. Um, you know, against Ohio state, he was out there for that final drive for Ohio state. Um, he did not get into more than four games. He uses red shirt year, but Brandon Buckner is, is a chaotic player. Um, he causes chaos on the opposing team's offense. Uh, he gets to the quarterback in pass rush situations. Like DJ said, he could be a name this year if it's a third down and long. Um, there are plenty of guys. Trevor Mai, Eric, I was very surprised you didn't mention him. That's your guy. Well, I was talking interior, and he's more of an yeah. end. Fair. I was just going through the list. Um, and Trevor Mai. Buckner played in every game last year, FYI. So he's, he, he did, played he in did. every game? A lot yeah. of that was on special teams. Ah. So he, 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 he did not use a redshirt year. No redshirt for Brandon Buckner. Apologies, everybody who's listening. Um, but to go back to it, Trevor Maya is somebody who's really improved, really packed on weight. Uh, we saw him really improve as a, as a pass rusher this spring. Um, he had a couple spin moves in the spring game where when I went back and watched it, I said, oh, he's learning. So I think there's a lot of guys. There's no – I don't know if there's an alpha dog. Maybe it's DJ Johnson after the spring game and looks like to be him, but we'll see what he looks like when he goes against tougher competition. Um We'll see. Just because, you know, a championship defense usually needs a star guy, but maybe not. Because when you look at Georgia's defense last year, I mean, they had about six star dudes, but they didn't have an elite, elite pass rusher. They had Jordan Davis up front, but he wasn't a pass rusher. He was just a space eater and a massive human being. Um, maybe they get that from Sam Taimani or Jordan Riley, who was also who was a massive human being in his own right. Um, We'll see how they do it. I'm just I'm excited for this defensive line. I think it has uh, a lot more potential with, frankly, who's at the helm this year rather than last year. Are we buying? Okay, let's go back to spring football. Um, after the spring game, when DJ Johnson had four sacks, he looked tremendous. Um, obviously, he was one of the biggest storylines that came out of spring. Dan Landing was asked about it, and then paraphrasing here, uh, I don't know if Eric has the quote directly ready in front of him. He typically does. Um, but Lanning basically has said that DJ has the opportunity to become one of the best pass rushers in all of college football. Are we, are we buying that? Are, are, do we see the potential? Do we see the opportunity for maybe let's scale it back a moment and to say he has the opportunity to be the best pass rusher in the pack 12. Is that a reasonable I don't know. I don't know. Expectation is the right thing, but ceiling, floor, like good year for for DJ Johnson. The quote from Dan, by the way, was DJ has you a have this. chance to. Well, I just wrote it like a couple of days ago because I talked to DJ. He has a chance to be one of the best players in the nation if he continues to push himself. Um, so contingent on his effort and contingent on how his offseason goes. Um, I'm buying the idea he's going to have a really good year. I think, you know, Matt and I had a really fun time talking to DJ just because he's a character. And, you know, that has not did not come across previously. It was pretty limited in his media engagements. But 
guy guy has a lot going on in his life. He's married. He breeds dogs. He's trying to be a homeowner. Um, caught a few other things that were kind of interesting going on with him. But the other thing that I think just stands out is if you look at his career here, he's played a ton of different positions. He's played in a, several different defenses, several different offenses. I mean, he's hasn't had a lot of continuity and honestly hasn't had a season since 2019 where it's like you're going to play this position and you're going to be, yeah. close, you know, like he's basically been moving around for the last two years and to go into his final season knowing this is the role I'm playing, to have the vote of confidence that we just said from the coaching staff. I know I don't have quotes from Tosh, but Tosh was extremely high on DJ as well um, in his kind of send-off media availability. So I, I think I'm buying the idea we're going to get the best from DJ. Um, if the, I don't know if the best from DJ is one of the best players in the country or if it's one of the best pass rushers in the country. Um, maybe it is, but I think Johnson's going to be a really, really big part of the front seven. And I still probably think Brandon Dorless is my pick for if you want to have an alpha dog on the defensive line just because of his kind of success to this point. But I think Johnson could be really, really valuable. And you kind of talk about what sort of – kind of guys in this roster could be difference makers. There's a bunch of guys in the front seven. And there's no, again, there's no cave on Thibodeau. I think we've said that several times, but there's several guys that you go like, I'm not going to be surprised at all if that guy has a really big season and in the short-term future is making some kind of an impact in the NFL. I, I think there there are a handful of guys you could kind of throw in that, in that kind of equation and feel like, hey, like this is going to be a defensive line without some of the quote-unquote star power of a Thibodeau, but it's going to be a group that I think is really productive. And I don't know. I don't know what the ceiling is. A lot of it is going to be contingent upon scheme. A lot of it's going to be contingent upon what happens behind it. But I think you get, you should be really excited when you think about the talent Oregon has on the defensive line and at linebacker, because if this all works in tandem and the defensive line does its job, they've got some absolute dudes behind them to clean up plays. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And if they can hold up their blocks and the linebackers are just firing off from the second level, like it's going to be really hard to be successful. And, and that's on rundowns in particular, but then it's also on pass downs where as Jared has talked about a little bit, little bit about simulated pressures where just imagine a situation where a guy like DJ Johnson, by the way, could be perfect in simulated pressures as both a rusher, but also as a guy who at six five two eighty has played outside linebacker, has played tight end, is a, is a plus athlete, or maybe he drifts off into coverage yep. there's a tight end on a short route, and then you've got Justin Flo firing with a head of steam behind him, and the right tackle is going like, holy cow, what do I do? I mean, th those are the kind of things you can get excited about when you think about the way this defense could operate. Yeah, and that's why I went through all of that with, you know, with the – with you know the, the the definition that you know there's no cave on Thibodeau, but this is what this defense could be. Um, I think it's going to be a lot different. And in terms of answering Matt's question of, you know, what's what's the ceiling, I guess, for DJ Johnson, I have no idea. Um, I really don't. I mean, he's he's an elite athlete. He's got an elite size for the defensive end position. He has jumped in in flashes to be like, oh, this guy could be a real dude. I mean, this is a kid who had a hundred offers at a high school. You can go to a 24 seven page. It has a hundred offers. I think that's the <laughs> most I've ever seen on a 24 seven page. Um, this is a guy who's clearly got a lot of talent. This is a guy who has so much talent that he's been playing two and a half, three different positions for the last three years. And 
doing pretty well at all of them. Um, and he was pretty good at tight end. He had flashes there. He had flashes at defensive end. You know, he had the sack in the Ohio State game after catching the fourth down pass or the third down pass to continue to basically win the game for Oregon. Um, I don't know what his ceiling is. I really don't. And that's fine by me because I don't, I don't want to put a cap on him. Yeah. I just want to see how he's going to play. I'm, I think the spring game isn't exactly how good he is. I think he was going against mildly lesser competition on the offensive line for some of it. Not all of it. He was still really good, but I want to see what he, I just want to see what he looks like. I'm just very excited to watch him play only defense. Um, I think it was a crying shame that he was a tight end for the last couple of seasons because um, although he had his impacts, although he was kind of good in 2020 and did his thing, there was zero reason why that player should have been a tight end for the last two seasons. I think he was just very clearly a defensive end. Um, he was – he. It was just a, a wasted opportunity on him to be playing tight end for the most part. Just a thought on that is like, I think it speaks to the lack of defensive creativity that you couldn't have found a way to have Kayvon and DJ on the same defense right. frequently. Yeah. It would have been great. I mean, I, I mean, I'm not sure about that. Maybe it's because neither are great into dropping into pass coverage. Um, Kayvon never should have dropped into pass coverage last season. I know he had glimpses where it's like, ah, oh, he might be able to no. That dude is an, is an edge rusher and is going to be a dominant force in college football at, on the off the edge. If you want to move him and out in the coverage in the NFL and teach him there, do it. But in college, you are, again, you are wasting this potential opportunity to have an elite pass rusher at all times. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure what the difference was. I'm just very excited to see DJ Johnson on defense, rushing the passer nearly every down. Um, and that's why I'm just – I don't even know what a ceiling could be. I think it could be a defensive player of the year, the Pac-12 type of deal. Or it could just be another really good impact player on Oregon. Um, we'll see. I'm just excited to see no matter what. Let's wrap it up with the depth and, and maybe the a newcomer we're really excited to see. Um, I don't know if th- – the positions are are 100% locked in, but I think there's a lot of options on this team. Um, one guy that I think has kind of flown under the radar for, I think he's been hurt um, and some additions that were added in the offseason kind of overshadowed that a little bit. And, you know, the fact that he didn't really take part in spring football, but Keon Ware Hudson, um, a defensive tackle, he was really good for Oregon. Uh, as a true freshman or as a redshirt freshman, excuse me, in 2020. And mm-hmm. he was pretty darn good too for Oregon in the first 10 games for 2021 before he got hurt and missed the last four. Um, you go look at his play at Ohio state week two of that season last year. And he was impressive for a defensive lineman. And so I, I, I think, Jared's kind of touched on a lot of the options that Oregon has had. And I think this is kind of why I think Oregon could potentially be one of the better units in the country because the list is very long. And when you have a long, when you have a big group of linemen that are talented, you only need two or three of those unproven guys to kind of emerge and become dudes and your unit just skyrockets and Oregon it feels like has got like eight guys where we we think 
this guy could be pretty good. He's got an opportunity to to maybe be a starter or be a key guy off the bench. You know, and when you've got that many of them, your hit rate doesn't need to be as high. And that mm-hmm. and that that's why Keon for me is is my pick. But I, I just I think this D line has a, a super high ceiling. I, I'm going to say kind of what I said earlier, which is I, I said don't sleep on the Nebraska transfers, Jordan Riley and. Casey Rogers. I've, I've talked to a couple of people that feel like those guys are going to be difference makers, and those weren't purely depth ads. Those are guys that will challenge to start, and certainly, I, mean, I think in, in Rogers' perspective, I think that's a guy that will be eyeing a starting spot. I think Riley's a guy who probably won't play a ton, but that could be your equivalent of a Jordan Davis, where he's on the field in certain situations and taking up a crap load of space. Um, I think it was notable that Oregon didn't have a true nose tackle type body type on the roster the last couple of years, basically since Jordan Scott has left, like a 330-pound guy, and they went out and added Taimani, and they went out and added Riley. Both fit the gold fill up there. We don't have updated weights because I guess that's not a thing that happens with Dan Lanning. We're, I'm not taking a shot there, but it's just kind of funny where we've got weights once. We always have had updated weights, but we just don't. I have no idea what these guys weigh. But at previous schools, these guys are 320, 330 pounds. Um, think that's notable and I think between Rogers and Riley I expect both guys to contribute and I wouldn't Rogers is one where I'm, I'm there's quite a bit of buzz when I talked to a couple people about him where it feels like if he's healthy and that's been that was the issue in Nebraska if he's healthy he was seen as somebody who was going to be a big-time contributor at Nebraska but he was really had a hard kind of like Casey Chapman had a hard time staying healthy I think they kind of took similar gambles if you will on both Rogers and Chapman where it's like okay the ceiling of these guys when they're healthy is really high but they just haven't been able to make it through full seasons, full fall camps healthy. If Rodgers can be fully healthy this year, I, I don't be surprised if he's somebody that makes maybe is starting majority of games and is making a big contribution. Yeah, I, I think. I mean, well, to, to quickly talk, I mean, at ESPN had at Georgia versus Michigan in the college football playoff game playing last night on a on a re-air. Um, I watched most of it just because just to see what Dan Lanning's defense might look like. And, you know, whether it was Jordan Davis, whether it was somebody else off the bench, um, Lanning's defense had massive human beings right up the middle. And Brandon Dorless is is a large human. Don't get me wrong, anything like that. But, you know, Jordan Riley was like 6'5", 330. Um, Taimani is, I think, 6'3", 330. Um, those are the kind of the space eaters, the Jordan Scotts, the um, – take up two guys, leave one-on-ones for everybody else that this team needs. And that's exactly what they're trying to do. Uh, Casey Rogers is is someone that's closer to Dorless's size or Popo's size or Keon Ware Hudson's size. Um, but it, it kind of, it, it kind of reminds me of, of the, the 2019 Rose Bowl team or the 2020 Rose Bowl team, I should say, where they just had a lot of guys up the middle and they, they Gary Baker, Drayton Carlberg, Popo was was playing at the time too. Austin Fallow, yeah. There's just there's just Jordan. dudes who could Jordan Scott, excuse me, who was a starter, just guys who could come in and out and start playing and take up space and make an impact, um, rushing the passer as well, like in Dorless's case. And then you just have athletes on the edge. You have Braden Swinson, DJ Johnson, Trevin Mai, Mace Buna, whoever you want to throw down there. Brandon Buckner, Jake Shipley. Um, you know the list. The list goes on, really, but. Um, it just last year, there just wasn't as many dudes who could just come on the field and make an impact. 
as there were. And a lot of that was due to injury, don't get me wrong, um, especially like, you know, Keon down the stretch. Um, but I just, I just really like how, how Matt was saying earlier, just the potential of this group to have 10 to 11, 12 impact guys who, if there is an injury, there's probably someone who could step up in their place and maybe recreate what they they can do, or at least just be a suitable replacement. Or there's a couple guys like the Nebraska transfers or like Casey Rogers specifically who have been hurt for a while. Just if they find their footing, if they stay healthy, um, it's a huge, it was a buy low, it's a you know, uh, low, low risk, high reward type of player. And if he's healthy, he can make an impact. I don't know if he'll be a starter, but he'll certainly be, you know, a second string, probably the first guy off the bench. And I just like when a defense can rotate guys in and out and stay fresh and not get battered down by whoever they're playing. It's going to do it for us here on the Austin Audible's podcast. Thank you for listening to the show. Thank you for reading, reading all our coverage on deckterritory.com. And if you can't, now is the perfect time to support our work. Go subscribe today, 50% off an annual membership gets you all the way through the football season, basketball season, baseball season, recruiting for all of it. So consider that an option for you as well. If you're looking to support the show, if not, that's totally fine as well, but it's going to do it for us here. You've been listening to the Austin Audible's podcast. Talk to you later, folks. Peace. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon. When a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.